you and bless and praise you. We worship you and magnify you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised, adored, glorified, and magnified. Lord, you're highly exalted above the earth. You are high and lifted up above all gods. There is none above you, and there is no match for you. There's none like you. Others have tried, and they have failed miserably. You reign supreme. So we thank you, Lord, for blessing us to know you, to live for you, and to live with you. And we thank you for this day. You've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, it talks about uh, um, an interesting concept uh, that Jesus is bringing into the earth. Uh, His kingdom is not of this world. That's number one. And so when we start talking about God's kingdom, we are talking about something that is not earthly. It is heavenly and it is spiritual. So if he is in charge of a spiritual kingdom, if he's the ruler and the king and the spiritual kingdom, that means that everything of that kingdom is spiritual as well. Now that does not mean that it does not have an effect in the natural realm. What that really means is that what everything that Jesus is about originates in heaven. It originates in a realm of perfection. It originates in a place that is stable, eternal, cannot be shaken, and cannot be moved. It's like people who live in um, uh, uh, flood zones, you know, like coastal regions. Uh, they're always looking to build a home that can't be moved because they know something is going to happen that's going to move it. And so that instability in the earth comes from sin. You got me? So when you think about what God is doing, he is getting to the root of every human being's problem and fixing it. So if if the root, God knows the root of all problems. See, we look at what's going on in the earth and we think, well, I want a bigger house and the problem is I don't have enough money. Money's never the problem because money, it answers all things. You know what that scripture really means? It means that money becomes a quick and easy answer for every problem in life. And if you get in trouble, there's a way to fix it if you have enough money. That's all that means. It does not mean that money is the answer to every problem. It just means that's the first thing that comes to the human mind. If you're a child of God, money's not your problem. You want to know the truth? You your problem. Huh? And you make money a problem because of what you think about it, how you feel, what you believe, and what you do. If money were the answer, remember when when um, Jesus told a parable, told the disciples it's hard for a rich man to enter into, king, into heaven. And they said, well, who can be saved then? 
Something like, <laughs> we thought it was rich people. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's news to us. <laughs> so God gets at the root of things. The root of the problem in the garden when, when the serpent beguiled Eve, talked her into a happy meal that night instead of their usual, we ain't eating that. You know what I'm saying? We had that. They just got sick of that. Or they said, well, we we going to have some. We like God. We can be like God. We going to have some anyway. You know how people get. And so when, when he deceived her, what happened was sin entered into humanity and threw our thinking off. It threw our believing off. It threw our desires off. It threw everything off for us. So that they became infected with something that totally turned everything the reverse of the way it was when God created them. Now God's saving us and flipping it back again. And we don't like it. See, we want, we want a material gospel. Let me put it. We want that. We want it so bad that we'll write books about wealth. We'll write books about wealth transfer. We'll write books about prosperity. We'll write books about when Christians have, have been the most prosperous people on the earth for centuries. Did you know that? We've always had more money than everybody else. We've been more creative. We've been more productive. You know, when you see these, <clears throat> in history, we used to study about these periods of time, Renaissance and Age of Enlightenment. Those were Christian ideas. Christian people were being blessed by God with creative ideas that caused breakthroughs in, in the way that people lived their lives. The Industrial Revolution, all of that stuff, and people were Christians. You see the, the Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's and all, them the Ford, Henry Ford, them was church-going people. They believed God in the measure that they understood him. Amen. Now we look at their revelation nowadays and we think it's a little religious and a little goofy. But God honored their reverence for him and their reaching out to him. When people would, would uh, things like penicillin were created because the scientists had to go away for a holiday, holy day. When they went for Holy Day, they didn't work because they thought it was an offense to God. So because Pasteur honored that and put his, his Petri dishes away and, and test tubes and stuff away for two-week period, when he came back, that was incubation period established for penicillin work. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God honored those things. And see, we call them flukes, serendipity, you know, all kinds of Carnal people get all kind of crazy names for stuff. But that was G-O-D. Blessing his people who were faithful and earnest in their desire to eradicate disease. They put their own lives in jeopardy trying to find cures for different things. How did they survive? Should have been dead. They survived because God had mercy on them because they were trying to do something to help humanity. Same thing he's trying to do, but in different different realm. So God turns things around for us 
And because he placed the man and the woman in the garden, it was hard for them to manage. In the new birth, he puts the garden inside of us. So you tend your own, you mind your own beeswax. You tend your own garden. You decide what you believe. You decide what you forgive. You decide what you uh, set your affection on. You decide. You tend your own garden. You get the weeds out of it yourself. You plant seed in there that you want to see grow that's going to prosper your life. And so God has put heaven inside of us instead of having it on the outside. Now, there are a lot of people who know God and aren't aware of this, it seems. Because <laughs> we commonly hear people say things like, oh, we're going to bombard heaven. What you doing that for? Like God's trying to keep it. it, ain't, it the heaven you need ain't up there in no way. It's in. What are you going to do? Beat your chest or are you going to bombard me? I'm bombarding heaven. So God put the kingdom within us where we'd have access to it all the time instead of running here, there, and everywhere for answers and help and everything. He put it inside of us. It's a mystery. You got to do some work to find out how that works. What did he say? The kingdom was like lost treasure. So you're going to have to dig for it. Amen. It's the pearl of great price. It's buried in the earth and it'll come up in the preaching of the gospel and then you receive it and then it becomes precious to you and you hide it in your heart. That's how this works. And so God put the kingdom inside of us so that we won't have to write goofy books about God wants us all to be rich or millionaire Christians or you understand what I'm saying? And you can start to cultivate the kingdom from within. There's nothing you need that you don't possess right now in some form on the inside of you by the Spirit of God. Nothing. When the life of Christ comes to dwell in a human being, drawing from that life, learning of him, worshiping, understanding, all of that stuff helps to grow the kingdom that is within you so that it feeds you and it nourishes you. You know, people go to great lengths to justify desiring earthly wealth. Now, I'm not saying y'all can't live well. You live like you want to live. You understand what I'm saying? As long as you have a good conscience about it and and you put God first and, and all that good stuff. But I'm here to tell you that many of the things that we have been taught throughout this, I would say, this last 40 or so years about money. And, and you see, it came from people who had who were born in poverty and resented it so deeply. You listen to their testimonies, and you'll see there a seed of resentment for poverty that kind of drives them. See, I don't like poverty either, but I ain't real upset about my upbringing. You know, I can laugh about some of the things I do, like I'll buy two of everything. Who does that? (laughs) Me! And you better not take it away either. If you mess with me, I'll get three, and then four, and then five, and then six. 
because I never have enough stuff. So I have to watch myself. I don't, I don't have to write books about God wants me rich to try and prove to other people that poverty's wrong. I just have to make sure I love God and I watch myself. And see, that should be the story for all believers. You know, love God and watch yourself. If God makes you a millionaire, go count your money, but you don't have to blast it to everybody. Because it may not be, everybody may not be called to to that level of wealth. We all know that. And may, they may not want to. But I tell you one thing, everybody who is a Christian should want, and that is peace with God. And growth in him and growth in his kingdom and obedience to God. And see, you can meet everybody on that level. You got me? Because that's the common need that we all have. That's the common thing that we'll all attain to. You know, uh, most of you, I've been knowing you uh, at least 20 years. We ain't rich yet, are we? Huh? But do you love God? Do you serve God? Amen. So that's what we have, and that's a common thing among believers. We shouldn't frustrate one another by putting pressure on one another to achieve like so-and-so has in a material sense. You, you, that's, that's no, there's no peace there see you come to church to escape that stuff that's worldly stuff so people in the world can have that all they want to but me myself I'll choose Jesus any day and every day amen amen and so when we understand that what God really values what he saw in us as valuable and how he plans His plan for our lives is going to add value to us. It's going to reveal the value that we are to us. You're already wealthy in in God as far as God. You have the greatest of all things already on the inside. You have the king of the universe who is there to give you whatever you desire. He is there to serve you. He's there to help you. He's a minister to you. All of those things. So anything beyond that to me is temporal, temporary. All these, these you know, wealth preachers, when they die, they're going to go in a, a casket and go to dust and they can't take none of that stuff with them. Huh? Jesus wasn't after the world's wealth. You know, I mean, I don't know why I'm on this right now, but, you know, we're just going to have to pause here for a minute. You know, I know preachers who go through great lengths to try and prove that Jesus was rich. You got me? Why? You really think the king of glory who owns a cattle on a thousand hills is impressed with gold and myrrh and frankincense? Well, you know, Jesus, he had that. All that gold was given to him when he was an infant. So he was wealthy all his life. He was wealthy, period. Not because of what some earthly person gave him. See, when we twist things like that, when we start pointing to Christ as the author of these things, we do ourselves and him a grave disservice. 
You really think Jesus had to hoard money that was given to him as an infant so he could feel secure? And his servants shouldn't have to do that either. His servants ought to be smarter than that. But you have treasure on the inside of you. You need to know that. And you better believe that. On those days when the devil tries to tell you nobody loves you, you no good, and this, that, and other is wrong with you, you need to know that you got treasure on the inside of you that is extremely valuable. No man gives his life for something that's worthless. Jesus wasn't crazy. He gave his life. The, the Bible says there was joy set before him. So he was received, he, he looked at us with rejoicing because of the high value that he placed on us. So like we would get excited about uh, our favorite whatever we got for Christmas. You understand what I'm saying? He got excited about us in the same way. Matthew 6.21 tells us that our treasure is in your heart. He says in verse 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. That's money. You got me? Where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust will corrupt and where thieves cannot break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the things that you value and treasure will draw your heart. They, they'll, they'll guide your life. Things that you really value, you'll find yourself doing those things in abundance. You'll find yourself meditating on those things. You'll find yourself spending time planning to do those things and planning to have those things in your life. Whatever you value, your treasure is also. You know, I, I look sometimes and I, I get, I was so glad that you can buy books and they can, you can keep them in a tablet, electronic, because I just get sick of packing up books and taking them everywhere. But see, that's where my heart is. And it used to be, you know, history books and things, you know, things, worldly things, but now it's mostly, uh, spiritual things, books that other, uh, great people in God have written that I can, can receive and I can get from them. And so I've laid that up inside of me. That's where my treasure is. You can look at, you can look at a person's home and tell what they value. Dust. No, I'm, I'm messing with y'all. <laughs> Dust in abundance. But uh, if the world ever runs out of dust, they know where to come get it, you know. But you know what I'm saying. It's the things that you gather around you. See, people can tell where your heart is just by what you gather around you. So, and, and that's not all I collect. I collect too much or too many things. But I'm just saying you, you, your heart will, will, you know, tell what you value. Um, I've, I've always valued clothing. I, I like nice clothes. When I was a kid, I didn't have enough clothes, I thought. <laughs> I got too many. You see how human beings are? We, we have a complaint about something, and, and 
it gets carried away and then you know when you're able to do better you find you spend wasting money and time on a bunch of things that just don't really mean anything where your treasure is that's where your heart will be also Luke 17:21 tells us that the kingdom is within us it's within us it's not outside of us you don't have to force god to give you anything you don't have to bombard heaven to to get nothing from god you can keep banging on that door if you want to but god just look at you and say i don't know what they're doing i told them already i gave them everything in luke 17 and verse 21 verse 20 when he was demanded of the pharisees when the kingdom of the god should come there we go somebody bombarding heaven again He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. In other words, it's invisible. (laughs) In other words, the way you're looking for it to come, it ain't coming. But he says plainly, the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus says, I've corrected what happened in the garden. I put the garden on the inside of you this time. So you don't have to worry about anything you don't want to deal with. You don't have to deal with because it's within you. You can clean out all the false ideas, all the false doctrine, all the wrong thinking. You can get all you can uproot all of that out of your thoughts and out of your heart and plant what you desire. Plant the word of God, plant good things, good fruit, things that will bring forth good fruit. We are not struggling against heaven, folks. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. What we do wrestle against is the devil's maintenance program of trying to keep the earth the way he wants it. See, whenever you decide to release the treasure of heaven from outside of your heart into the earth, it's going to be met with resistance. Why? Because Satan is the god of this world. Adam gave him that right in the garden. But Jesus bought the right back for us to live for him and to release the kingdom down here on earth. That's why he gave everybody a mouth that can preach the gospel. When you preach the gospel, you're releasing God's kingdom down here on earth. Jesus said when he when he uh, talked to one of the Pharisees, he says, if I cast the devil out with the finger of God. Remember the finger of God? It was always a saying for the power of God or the move of God or the judgment of God against darkness. Whenever you see it wasn't mentioned much in the Bible, a lot in the Old Testament, but it was always the finger of God. When Moses wrote, when God wrote the Ten Commandments on the table, he wrote it with his finger. Amen. When when uh, Nebuchadnezzar's son or whoever, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar's son, was partying and using the vessels, God's vessels from the temple, and that finger wrote on the wall, and he needed an interpreter. It was always judgment. It was always laying down the law. It was always a serious move of God against darkness. And so here Jesus says, if I with the finger of God. You know the Pharisees went nuts when they heard that. 
because they knew exactly well who does he think he is using this? what does he mean finger of god he's calling himself god again that kind of stuff and so he says if i were the finger of god cast out a devil that means that the kingdom of god has come to you so whenever the devil is removed wherever he's nudged wherever he's pushed wherever he's cast out that means the kingdom has come that's what he hates he goes crazy, he jumps up and down, he <laughs> gets nutty, gets deranged. Huh? A lot of these people you see going off on President Trump when his name is mentioned, it's because God put him there. You don't have to like him. You got me? Most people don't like preachers. What do you think? We're liked people? Why do you think we're so few in number? If we were liked, everybody be here. Uh, we'd be just like TV folks. <laughs> Don't look at TV and what they do and think that's the kingdom. Uh, kingdom's within you. The Bible says when they go, say, run here, run there. Jesus is here. You, Jesus, he said, Don't move. Why? Because he's in your heart. You don't have to go nowhere. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to be moved by people's the crowd running here and the crowd running there. Don't be moved by that stuff. Because you've got enough on the inside of you to raise up 13 times what those people can do just with human effort. You got me? If God wants you to do it. So we need to understand the value of what we have. I don't care how few or how many numbers you are. If you know God and you know who you are and how valuable you are to him and you are obedient to God, you're richer than the richest person down here on earth. You understand me? You're richer than the richest one. We have to understand that we are not struggling to get God to do anything. You really are not. What's happening is you have to learn how to be skilled in releasing the kingdom from within you. It gets locked up in our plans, our ideas, our uh, cutting corners, our don't want to do this right now and that right now for God. That locks up the kingdom. What releases the kingdom is continual obedience to God. You can walk in a flow of God that's very, very powerful just by being obedient to him. You don't have to say a whole lot of nothing. Just be obedient to God. Catherine Kuhlman would, would sometimes have to hide from people. You know, people. she was very popular with people because they love the miracles. They love God. You know what I'm saying? And so if she had to, you know, she would have to, couldn't go through the main exit from a hotel or something. She'd go through the kitchen. And sometimes she would just be praying and meditating on God and all the waiters and cooks would fall over under the power of God. You understand what I'm saying? Well, she ain't trying to make nothing happen and she's just being Catherine uh, with her friend, the Holy Spirit. Huh? Amen. And we have the same power within us. Our problem is sometimes we don't believe. Because the way many Christians live, they don't believe their value. 
Because that's the devil's job is to take that revelation away from us. You know, we don't we don't believe our worth. We don't believe our capability. We don't believe that God will use us and do some of the things that we see in our hearts that we long to do. And so for a season, we'll try and, and believe God for great things. And then we just go away after well, like Peter and them, you know, just go back fishing. Huh? Jesus, he got crucified. He ain't coming back no more. So let's just go catch fish again. What we did before we met him. We have to be careful. We're not quick to give up on God and go fishing again. Amen. And, and abandon. You're abandoning what's already on the inside of you. Our problem is we just don't, we don't spend enough time getting to understand how to maximize what we have. See, there are some places, times in your life, the superficial won't do anymore. Uh, you don't have to get hard down serious with God about some stuff. We want to see change, but we always want to see it on the outside of us. We don't be too big on us changing. Uh, well, if I could get this, it'd be all right. If this had happened to me, it'd be just so wonderful. Oh, Lord, if I could. Huh? Always making external plans. Instead of going inside, look at what's locked up inside. What's keeping it locked up? We need to find some of that stuff out. We need to have a brain change. We had, need to have a mind flush. Huh? A high colonic on your mind. Huh? Everybody always getting their flushes and fleshes and flashes and Oh yeah, this is a colon cleanse. Blow your colon back to back to plumbing up for days. Trying to get pure. And you already have it. If you'll yield to it. The trouble ain't your colon. Now Jesus already explained that. I don't want to have to go find the parable again. Y'all know better. Hmm? buying all this stuff well this uh you know it's, it's this will help you lose pounds they even had them things where they show somebody big old fat stomach and it, they put this stuff in there melts everything down and all that i don't know if i'm ready to be melted now I, now i can get rid of some stuff you know what i'm saying we all could but come on now melting the stuff i have you laid up somewhere you keep taking everything people send you in the mail Mark uh, chapter 1, if you'll go there, you'll see how Jesus released the kingdom. He released it everywhere he went. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll pray for somebody and, and talk about it for 10 years. You know, one thing. <laughs> but this was like a daily routine for him. <laughs> Let's get with it, folks. <laughs> you ain't stopping no traffic with that one-time occurrence. Mark 1:14 Now after that John was put in prison Jesus came unto Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand repent ye and believe the gospel And this is why we're not liked because of the the power of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction of sin onto people. 
and repentance. You know, this is why, we, you know, when we have those meetings, you know, we don't have it a lot where God, now, now it's been a, a blessing that the glory that God put on our meeting really back in the beginning in a deposit has never left. But many times we can't have the fullness of it for different reasons. And one of the reasons is that the heart of the people aren't open to want to really yield to God. So that, you know, it's easier to do it in a meeting of believers where people are quick to repent because they like God more than they like sin. But think about if if there were a bunch of sinners that came in that were hardened and unrepentant or Christians backslidden and don't want to face their sin and get clean before God. The glory is so judgmental. It it comes in in a wave and a flow that's hard to control on individual people. So you can't stop it from the Remember when when Peter when they caught the two Two uh, boatloads of fish. Jesus told him, go out there and come back. Two boatloads of fish. And what did Peter say? Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. So miracle working power carries with it a strong spirit of repentance. Why wouldn't it? God wants you to receive him. He ain't thinking about them fish. He can get fish anywhere. But souls are hard to come by sometimes. So I am thankful that God is able to pour out to us now because people are open to receive. See, all the critics and naysayers get out. Who am I talking to? Presbyterians here. Mighty quiet, mighty quiet. I can't move in the atmosphere like Israel. Oh, Moses and Aaron, they think they all that. I'm a priest too. I'm Moses' cousin. Huh? You can't have all that mixed stuff. You gotta have people with pure hearts that really will. You know, the, the ones that judge, uh, I don't like that prophetess Kelly because that prophecy don't even come to pass. Gone. You hear what I'm saying? Gone. If you want God, you get right in your heart and you stay right in your heart. You don't judge his servants. You let God judge him. If you don't want a prophecy, you don't have to get up in line and get one. But if we're going to go on to glory, which everybody talks about, it's a price to pay for it. And it ain't a big one. It's the one you paid when you got saved. It's called repentance. It's called keeping a pure heart. It's called not sitting up hating somebody you got no reason to hate. Just because your partner don't like them. If I'm the only one left, I'm going. First call out. You understand me? And you need to be the same way. There's nothing down here in this earth that's worth disturbing God's plan for fighting with his servants bad mouthing his people people feed you and clothe you you go away and lie on them you think God's going to bless that life let them go on and lie 
Now, how do we get here? I want to talk about the kingdom. Mirzy dots and dozy dots and little you know, sweet stuff. Y'all better wise up because God is wrapping things up. We say that all the time, but you need to live every day like he's wrapping things up, like you don't have time to play. You don't have time to get in the flesh with people. You don't have time to play games with people. You got you got time for truth. You got time for love. You got time for repentance and keeping yourself right and preaching his kingdom. So Jesus released the kingdom wherever he went. First place is through his words. That's the first place that we release the kingdom. Everybody who's saved does it. I don't care if you're Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, whatever. Everybody, a kingdom thing is not a denominational thing. Kingdom has to do with your status before God. So everybody can release the kingdom through their words. When you tell somebody, somebody, you know, if if it's a friend of yours or an acquaintance and they give you a problem, you say, well, let's pray about that. I know God wants to help you. God will reverse that. God's going to do. You're releasing the kingdom. Releasing the kingdom. I was speaking with somebody that's really really in bad shape financially don't have a place to stay even and they were facing some difficulty and so i'd spoken with them about forgiving god's people they're sitting up out with nothing won't go to church oh last church i went to i did everything for them and they jealous of me and blah 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 blah, blah. how long has that been it's been over five years see most people, if it's not going well for you, you'll think to yourself, what might I have done to cause, how did I wind up in this, what can I, and see, that's a good question because if you can own responsibility for where you are, you can fix it. See, the most important thing is you having the power to fix your own mess. It's not about taking, feeling bad because you did something wrong. Grow up. We're beyond that in God's kingdom. Feeling bad is not the issue. Making you feel bad because you did something, that's not the issue. The issue is something's being pointed out to you that's fixable on your end. And nobody but you and God have to know about it. So I spoke to that person. I took that opportunity to speak to that person about the last time I spoke to you, we talked about forgiveness fellowship with the saints not forsaking assembling yourself well you don't know what i've been i said well i can't pray with you because we're not in agreement on anything huh i said i hate to put the hammer down but i'm gonna do it because it's the right thing to do you need to get your heart right before god and blah this and blah that and they needed something done that was not for them, but for a pet that they owned. And so I told her, she said, well, well, I said, I will pray for your situation with your pet. And she said, well, I just don't want it. I said, God's not going to let that happen to him. And she heard it. And she said, thank you for saying that. I said, that came from God. 
won't say because it was me. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you can only put up with so. But see, this is how people lock themselves out of the blessings of God. This is how the kingdom gets shut up against you and it's right in your heart. You lock it up with unforgiveness. You lock it up with bitterness. You lock it up with people that you don't like. You lock it up with memories of people that did you wrong and did you. Well, who have you done wrong? Oh, I don't do any. Sure you do. You liar on top of all that other stuff you did. So the kingdom has to be released through you yielding to the spirit of God at all times. You can't take a day off to be mad at somebody. Because a day will be two days. Then two days will be three. And three a week and week, and then a week a year and year and it goes on. So you can keep yourself locked out of your own treasure. I think sometimes about some of the people I know who serve God faithfully and then messed it up, goofing around with the devil. And I think, man, all the stuff they got laid up and the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh, it's not laid up for them anymore. He said, I'm distributing that to my faithful servants. In other words, read your Bible. Remember the parable about the gifts? I don't care how gifted you are and how wonderful they tell you you are. You mess up with God, that stuff will get stripped from you and distributed. And see, then when they come back, God restored me. And they wonder why the ministry is never the the size it was. When they, they don't realize you're starting from scratch, brother. You, you, <laughs> are you kidding me? Some of that fell on that brother that you didn't like. Some of that fell on them people that you had ought against. Some of that stuff you worked for got distributed. It's the truth. People that, that associated with them and were faithful are still working for God and prospering. See, we have to be careful. That we don't keep the kingdom locked up from ourselves. Huh? Through clogs in your plumbing. Huh? We get so important. Somebody can't look at us wrong. Or offend us in some way. Or owe us money and not pay us back. I quit lending. I just give people stuff. It keeps both of us out of trouble. You understand? And it's interesting when you do that, people don't ask you very much. People always ask to borrow. But if they don't think, if you're not really a lender and they'll say, well, I have this, they, they don't come. See, God starts to select who he has you blessed then. Get off the borrowing. Don't lend or borrow. You got me? Learn how to just be a blessing. You know, if I do something for you, you don't have to tell me you're going to pay me back. You, you get it whether you pay it. I mean, it don't and don't mess your own life up. And then you don't want to see me. You want to talk to me and all this kind of stuff because you um, don't go there. We don't live like that. That's not kingdom living. You make your request known to God and walk in peace. If you don't walk in peace about it, keep requesting. 
that's a sign you don't you haven't broken through that hindrance that's in there that's keeping you broke but you make your request known to God and then when his peace comes that's your assurance that it's on the way his peace cannot you can't it's undisturbed it can't be moved if you feel relieved for a minute and then you back nervous again just keep praying stay in the word you understand what i'm saying that's how you release the kingdom from within so jesus released the kingdom where everyone he wasn't nervous about money and it wasn't because he had a bunch of it left from when the wise men visited him when he's a little boy he went to uh bear stearns or uh you know solomon brothers whoever you know and made wise investments and he just watched the stock market and that's why he was so much peaceful Jesus always declared that God has come to bring life to men when the, they told the disciples you want to leave me too and they said we, where are we going to go you got the words of life all these dead Pharisees we've been waiting for a dude like you to show up in church all these Pharisees ever tell us to keep bringing our tithe and keep bringing our offerings and condemning us because we don't do stuff right. Uh-huh. So you at least give us a chance. <laughs> Even though we professional mess ups, we got a chance. Je- Jesus declared the era of God's redemptive reign in the earth. So the, the reign of God now in the earth is one of redemption that's why you can preach and and invite people into salvation and that goes on regardless god is continually redeeming people he's pulling them out of the devil's power and putting them over into his kingdom so this is how the kingdom is revealed is through words when you tell somebody you know that's worried about a child that's in prison and and I'm not talking about making some story up just for the sake of making them feel better or you tell them you know what why don't we pray because God can alleviate their suffering God is your son saved what's the first thing you find out we'll pray for his salvation we'll pray that whoever comes in that that prison that's a a, a, a chaplain or or a bible study person that he'll start going to the bible studies when he's offered to go and get his life on the right track with god see anything like that is is an an open door to the kingdom and that's releasing god's redemptive power in the earth so we're allowed to do that all day and all night there's non-stop activity in god's kingdom so it's constantly being released the more you can release the kingdom of god into the earth the more treasure you build up in heaven because you've already got it in your heart now what you're doing is you're sowing out of your heart and building up more so the more you give the more you create and the more you receive the more you you reap in god so that your bank account in god gets full and the when you give financially that's just added to it because when you give spiritually that's the highest seed you can ever sow when you sow words of life to somebody 
That's the highest seed you can ever sow. That's why people like to be around prophets, love and hate prophets. You know, you love them because you think, oh, I'm gonna go get, God's going to tell me something good. Well, yeah, you're going to have to continue to believe it to make it come to pass. Huh? When you get tired of believing it, then you're mad at the prophets. You don't like them no more. Huh? Let's keep releasing the kingdom. It should be a habit with us. Jesus always declared that God had come to bring his life to man. The kingdom is revealed through words. When we speak God's word into situations that are contrary to it, the kingdoms begin to clash. That's what we see often now is a clash of kingdoms, light against darkness, where the church has awoken to arise to meet the challenge of all of this nonsense we see going on. You know, there's, now they're letting transgender. Let me see if I got this straight. <laughs> there's a transgender. Now, if if it's somebody that's in a woman's thing now, that's a transgender man. Okay, so a transgender man, he in one of these beauty pageants. And then there's a transgender. Oh no, a transgender man. Uh, broke a woman's skull in the MMA mixed martial arts fights because they don't have any rules to bar them now. See, you gotta you gotta release common sense in order to be acceptable to the devil. There's no people out here to have that kind of power to make you do something you don't want to do. So they're trying to be acceptable to the devil and his horde. So to me, that proves whether or not transgender is equal to somebody who's born that sex. huh? Now, if they were just two people on the street, he'd be arrested for assault and battery. But because some idiot says we consider these people to be equals and put them in the ring together, Man, we ought to be releasing day and night. You understand what I'm saying? The church, we should be ashamed, man, this kind of stuff going on. So now people who do pray, you got to take up an extra day for that one. Get this stuff reversed. How you reverse that and then people out there, well, we have to be loving people. And I was, I was looking at, there was a, a, a man, he didn't show, you didn't see the man on the camera, but there's a little teacher he's talking to. Her. He said, ma'am, he said, I want to tell you, I brought my grandson home and he told me you put a dress on him in school today. He said, we don't do transgender in my house. I don't teach my kids and my grandkids that. Well, you need to go to the prison. No, I'm talking to you. You put the dress on him. He said, and he said, this ain't the first time you did it before. He said, I'm going to tell you, you don't put no dress on my grandkids. See, the things that the devil is up to behind closed doors, 
That's what God's exposing. You understand what I'm saying? Because we stand up in public and can't tell Oprah Winfrey that God is against homosexuality. He loves gay people. He loves all people. But you ain't going to please God in sin. I don't care what kind of sin it is. And see, people in the church, because they fornicate and, and do everything, they don't want to expose nobody. Huh? So we got a little sin club going on here and a tolerance club right in the church. And there are many people who won't even speak up when they, these things go on in school. Scared of being criticized and put down. See, I'm glad the grandfather went up there and not the father or the mother or she being on the flow. You understand what I'm saying? So that was restraint and wisdom right there. You know, that the grandfather decided to step up and take care of it. But see, that's the stuff that make you want to really hurt somebody. You got me? We'll put up with that stuff. Who do they think they are? To put sexual confusion on your child. That's still your child. And what they get in most of these schools ain't worth putting up with anyway. If that's all they teach, where they, you know, kids, they don't. Somebody said they don't even teach cursive writing anymore. You don't even have a signature. So what you gonna have instead? A, a the mark of the beast, or a chip somewhere? So the kingdom is revealed through our words. That's why we pray. Huh? And that's why we need to pray more. When you pray, even if if you do pray twice a week with a prayer partner, I don't know where that got. You know, people get so crazy. They get caught up in what they think is success and don't realize what they're trading off. Well, I don't care how successful you get in the natural. You better keep praying. Because darkness is advancing and is getting so bold and so intimidating so fast. When you declare God's word, his kingdom is released. Amen. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1. Let's see what that says. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and every village. This was Jesus' full-time job, folks. Preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. You ever notice that they never say the kingdom of God talked about anything evil or anything discouraging? See, by the time the people heard the words of Jesus, they had hope in them for their future you got me that's the one thing see what happened with the church is they got so caught up in the quote-unquote gospel message they forgot about demonstrating the gospel like through signs wonders and mighty deeds 
See, if, if you don't understand God well enough to pray for a sick person, you're missing something about the kingdom. In fact, that was most of what he did. In demonstrating the kingdom, he got people to see, I told you God is good. I told you you need to repent and leave sin alone and come into the kingdom. And when you come in, this is what you get. You get healed. You get devils cast out of you. You get freedom. You get your, your, your family back, like the gathering demoniac, living in the tombs all those years, and then finally was able to go home to his family and probably scared them half to death. You know, sometimes when people have been crazy all their life and then they straighten up, you got to watch them for a little while. That's, that's all the more good for God, because then he gets a witness that they can watch and see. You know, God really did do a miracle with him. You understand? And so when the kingdom is demonstrated, this is a part many Christians leave out. They talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And God never shows up and does anything. But make people jump up and shout and turn around and say what a good time. Ooh, we had church today. I said, who got healed? If you had church, how come you still got that religious devil you like to cultivate all the time? Huh? Come on, y'all. Have a church you had. Jesus used parables to tell how the kingdom worked and what it was like and the value of it. So the treasure that you have on the inside of you is a pearl of great price. Amen. Where a man sold everything that he owned for that one pearl and then buried it in the earth to come back for it later. It's a picture of Jesus in the church. Amen. We're buried in the earth right now. We need to get more release from ourselves. You understand what I'm saying? Come out of our old habits. Come out of our old restrictions. Our old beliefs about what God wanted to do. You want to get free. You spend some time talking to God about what you can do. God, what do you want me to do from the time I get up till the time I go to bed? What do you want me to do with my day today? Show me what I, and, and consider that you have treasure on the inside of you. What do you want me to do with this treasure, God? What do you want me to, who do you want me to bless with my treasureness today? Huh? Whose life can I, can I turn totally around by what's inside me? You start talking to God real about what's real and what you really have to offer. You understand what I'm saying? Quit trying to, 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 Spend so much to buy everything and, you know, show people what you got. You got treasure within. And that's not just for broke people. You know, we'll say things like, well, you know, when I didn't have a whole lot, I I used to pray all day long and ask God to give me something to do for him. Uh, You don't have a whole lot now. You have only as much as you're able to give out for this day. You're still as bankrupt and, and, and broke as you were back in the day when you didn't have a so-called job or career. Whatever you think you get is wonderful right now. Huh? You talk wrong to the wrong person at your job, you'll be sitting out with nothing. 
if God's mercy don't stop it. You understand what I'm saying? We live in minute to minute and day to day down here, folks. Don't ever think you got it made. Please don't. Jesus taught the parable of the lost coin. About the lady that lost a coin somewhere in her house and towed a house up looking for it. That's what Jesus did for us. Huh? He moved heaven and earth to come down here to find us who were lost. In declaring the kingdom, we have to reveal that we know God. You understand me? And not just happy. Let's keep a good thought. We're sending good thoughts toward them. What's that going to do? You can't send no thought to nobody. You better open your mouth. Huh? If you can't declare something, then shut up. Well, you ain't got nothing anyway. Well, that empty talk. But we have to explain as fully as possible what people can expect from God and what he expects from them. Amen. Let them know that God, you know, God wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. But you're going to have to give him your life. You can't be blessed beyond what you're willing to release to him. Sometimes we promise people too much for too little effort on their part. Huh? Watch what you tell your children. Because they'll get the buddy pass in a minute. You know what I'm saying? Just be riding free all the time and don't know nothing about nothing hardly. You know? So you got you to gotta be in a different vein when you talk to certain people sometimes. When you pray for your family, nation, or health, you're releasing the kingdom into the world. And it comes into conflict. For the first time, you'll see kingdoms clash. You see a backlash from the devil. man. We've been trying for decades to get rid of legalized abortion. Amen. The devil keeps fighting back, fighting back and fighting back and fighting back. Well, you take away his source of power. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the kingdom. He manages things down here. We, we have within us a righteous kingdom with a righteous king. Jesus has the master plan for the earth and all the inhabitants in it. So if you want anything to go right in your life, you have to make regular daily contact with the master. And it ain't hard because he lives within you. When you get up, you just talk to him. Jesus, I know you in there. What are we going to do today? Show me. Or if you already know, go about it and thank him for guiding you. Ask him to lead you and guide you and help you to get where you're supposed to go. He has a master plan for all the inhabitants. And he tells us to go and freely declare his reign here on earth. Jesus is Lord here jesus i don't care what it looks like i don't care what the devil's doing jesus is still lord because he's lord of all but he can't be lord in situations until we we declare him as such when you put him first in these things you declare his kingdom and you give him permission to rule and reign in these situations 
He can't rule until the church releases him to do it. He would love to do a lot of things. But he depends on our faith to change the things down here on earth. If we like it the way it is, we can get to live it. But if we don't like it, we can change it by releasing his word and releasing the kingdom. All who believe can receive his kingdom. It's not a place, it's not an elitist, big needs and little use. You can tell when people are carnal, they, they start to single certain people out above others, even in God's church. You got me? You know, you'll hear people, preachers say things like, oh, it's hard to be me. I don't want to be you. Huh? It's just how deceived some people are. You really think everybody sitting out there wants what you got? You got more than they got. Because at least you don't have pride keeping the kingdom shut down on the inside of you. You're a humble person. You can release the kingdom anytime. They don't even know what it's about. You watch these preachers with great swelling words. Nobody ever gets healed. You don't even know if all them people sitting out there are saved. Chances are they're not. We just warehouse people for camera effect. You understand what I'm saying? You better know what's what and who's who. You know, I don't like just talking about people, but some of this stuff is ridiculous. It has nothing to do it. It doesn't even remotely resemble what. And see, when people get on TV, they want to keep you on TV. They don't want you in your Bible. They don't even tell you to open it. And they don't open theirs. They get up there and start talking. Let's stand for the reading of the word. No, don't do that because y'all going to be standing up a lot if, if you understand. Just sit down, okay? Sit down and get your Bible. I mean, I respect God. Don't get me wrong, folks. But there's all kind of ways to show you respect God's word. Number one, pay attention when it's being read. And listen when it's being read. They worse than Catholics. Some of them, man, they, them Catholics have to cut you a check. You get finished with one of them. It's a good thing the mass ain't but our. You hear all that? You know them? them. Oh, I got to get on the knee now, you know, oh, man. All them little kneeling benches coming out. Well, we were standing a minute ago. That's why they make them retractable. You got to stand up, sit down. You sit down a little bit. And then, and then sister, sister, what's her name? Bring the real ruler and go down. In the middle of the, in the middle of this. Oh, y'all, now, we got it good. Just stay in your Bible, okay? Love God, stay in your Bible. So you want to release the kingdom. Every time you pray, we pray prayers. All those prayers that we have in the prayer manual, you're releasing the kingdom. Amen? Into the world. And and there will be clashes. Because the devil does not want to lose his grip on anything or anybody. God confirms his word with signs following. No signs, no word. No signs, no confirmation. 
There's a reason God doesn't confirm his word with signs following certain people preach. They don't have the faith for it to be confirmed. That's why they keep running off at the mouth. I said, could you at least have an altar call and ask God, maybe he might want to help somebody if you shut up. How are we going to release greatness in us and you ain't showing us what it is? <laughs> Maybe I'm not either, but hey, I'm working on it. You understand? <laughs> My heart's in it. No, but you know what I mean. Come on now. It ain't hard to, to move out of the way so the Holy Ghost can heal a sick person. First time I prayed for somebody sick, I wasn't sure they were going to get better either. You understand what I'm saying? After I got over the fear that they might die, I said, well, they couldn't do no worse. Come on now. We all be newbies at this stuff at some point. But you don't stay, you don't, you don't preach for 40 years and you're still a newbie. So you release the kingdom when you pray. It's released with your words. And then God confirms your words with sign following. See, I found out something. If you pray the same word over and over again, eventually you start to believe it. Huh? And then that's all you believe on the subject. It kind of locks out all unbelief for all other things. Acts 10.38 tells you what Jesus did to demonstrate how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Many times people are anointed with the Holy Ghost, but there's no power. You can have both or either or. Hmm. You ever have a Baptist tell you about Jesus? They tell you all about Jesus, and you might even get saved. You understand what I'm saying? But you won't get healed. They think praying in tongues is of the devil. So number one, they, there's no power. If you don't pray in tongues, the power's not there. But God is so merciful. You know, he can't deny himself. If you believe Jesus is coming to flesh and you confess your sins, he'll come into your heart and save you. And you can talk bad about the Holy Ghost from now until, and he will still remain with you. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know for how long. I, you know, I don't even go there in thinking. But God saves to the uttermost. But you have to be open to receive the full gospel. You have to be open to receive everything that God has for you. Jesus was deployed to the earth to spread the kingdom. That's the one he the, the, for this reason was the son of God manifest that he would destroy the works of the devil. And that's where why we manifest on the earth, too. When the sons and daughters of God are in full manifestation, the devil is always on the run. Got me manifesting ourselves means coming in great power to destroy the works of darkness. So we are here to release the kingdom of heaven into the earth we declare that God will forgive man of his sins thereby allowing others to come in and receive the kingdom the kingdom of God is made available to everybody 
at all times. And so is the healing power of God and the delivering power of God. It's all one thing to God. So when his kingdom comes, he eradicates illness. He eradicates demonic oppression and possession. He does all of the above. Don't ever think that you can't cast the devil out of somebody because you never have. You keep your heart open to help alleviate suffering on all fronts. Just allow God to say, God, just use me. You know, I don't care. I was, I was naive enough to just pray that simple prayer. And the first thing I did was cast out devils continually. You know, I would go to Women's Aglow and, and this one lady would say, oh, here's a deliverance minister. I said, what are you talking about? You understand what I'm saying? Because nice ladies having coffee don't cast out devils. But when God, God empowers you, he, he gives you what you need for what he wants you to do. He ain't thinking about being around all them nice women. I just had to get away from the kids today. You know, them kind of women. And then one of them is the nicest lady in the bunch starts snarling across the table. So what you going to do? Huh? Sister, get up. No, you don't. You say, no, listen, leave her alone. Just come out of her. Huh? And do it as meekly as I didn't make no scene with nobody. I didn't allow devils to do that. But people got delivered. Delivered. And they got relieved, amen, of their suffering. And that's why Jesus came. Why would you let somebody come to a, a meeting where they're, they're meeting God? And they come in with a devil and leave with the same devil? But see, with the finger of God, you cast devils out. Amen? That opposing, that finger that tells them where to go, come out of her. That, that's the finger of God we're talking about. And God will place that on all of his children if they'll receive it. So you have to be willing to challenge the kingdom of darkness with the treasure that's within you. It's made to challenge and overcome all darkness. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how tough it is. I don't care, oh, this devil's been here for years. Well, he's leaving today. You understand? Well, I don't care how long he's been here. I've been here all year, so you know what I'm saying. I'm older than he is probably, but whatever. But he's leaving here. You understand? If I was two years old in God, he'd be leaving here. You got me? So God has given us treasure, folks. Don't get it twisted. Especially around Christmas. We start doing all kind of goofy things and crazy things and thinking the treasure is without. Be mad because you don't have enough money to get to. Stop it. Stop it. Huh? Get glad on it's the Lord's birthday. Amen. Celebrate with him. Huh? You get a chance to celebrate with the richest person of the universe. Huh? And he wants to give you everything. We just have to go about asking and trusting him and believing him. So remember, it's within you. You are highly valuable amen because you have great what you have in you you haven't even scratched the surface yet god wants to bring more out of his people amen praise god when we stop father we thank you for your word and for understanding we thank you lord for the great treasure that you have put in earthen vessels you want it you put it in us so that the excellency of the power would be 
of God and not of man. And so we are so thankful that we can show your excellence through what we do. So we love you, Lord, and we honor you, and we thank you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up, and I'll pray for you. And then we'll bless our fellowship and our food.